Welcome back to the Glass Seats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. And my name is Mernal. And this week in hockey, I think we are officially in the offseason. Yes, we are bored. <laughs> we are <laughs> big bored. It's a lull. I find myself going to the TV being like, is there sports on? There is not. It's Formula One, I guess. Yeah, but that's only on the weekends. It's true. Every other weekend. Danny Rick's back. Danny Rick is back. That's I good. am very happy about that. Yeah, me too. Yes. Me too. We have the a honey reason badger, to watch. Baby. We have a reason to watch again. Let's go. Yeah, Max is still going to win, but yeah. uh, maybe there'll be some uh, fighting for P15 in that Alpha Tower. <laughs> hey, come on. Yuki, Yuki's got it a little bit. <laughs> but um, hockey-wise, uh, yeah. it's pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, few agents still getting signed out there. Um, Connor Bedard signed his ELC with the Blackhawks. Oh, I so. didn't see that, actually. Yeah. yeah, he'll probably be playing this year. Yeah. No minors? Um, yeah, no minors for Bedard. Coming in right away. Um, should be really interesting, actually, when Bedard gets in. Mm-hmm. You're going to have McDavid, Bedard, and Matthews all at once. Mm-hmm. Should be good. Yeah. I mean, I, well, it's it's hard to discount Crosby right away, but yeah, I guess he's not one of the young guys, so. Yeah, I mean, the Metro had the dominance for so long the, with Crosby and Ovechkin. Now yeah. the other three divisions are like, no, we're going to get everything else. Yeah. You think Ovechkin's actually going to beat that goal? I feel like he could. I, I am cheering for my man yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. I yeah. am cheering for him. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, at some point during this offseason, we should do um, an episode on, like, storylines we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one that I want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, we are in offseason, so I think we're going to have a, a little bit fun with some of these episodes mm-hmm. because uh, this is our show. Yeah. And uh, we can do what we want. Yeah. So, um, today, uh, we're going to talk about Things that we love about the NHL. Mm -hmm. I think in uh, episode one of this show, we talked about why we're hockey fans and, um, you know, why we love kind of the game. But why do we watch the NHL? What do we love about watching the NHL? Not only why do we watch, why do we keep watching, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that sound good to you? Yeah, works for me. All right. So um, I guess I can go first. Mm -hmm. For me, I think the best thing that I love about the NHL is that they have nailed the format for watching hockey. Yeah. Now, what do I mean by format, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start in and then go out. Mm-hmm. First off, three periods instead of two halves or four quarters. Mm-hmm. I love it. Really? Yes. That made that much of a difference to you? Yes. Why? Because I think 20 minutes is the perfect amount of time where it's long enough that it doesn't feel like it breaks up the flow too much mm-hmm. and short enough that it's over quickly and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's dragging got it so if i compare to other sports like like when i'm watching nba games i feel like the flow kind of gets broken up with the quarters yeah because quarters are what 12 minutes in the nba yeah it's like okay you're seeing this back and forth especially in a game like basketball where it's um it's not like hockey where every goal is like a big thing right and yeah. it's a lot of build up you're scoring all the time in nba it's kind of that slow build of who's gradually scoring at a higher rate right mm-hmm. but um then the quarter ends and then possession changes or sides change yeah i find it a little um jarring yeah to be honest yeah and there's all the free throws and stuff too yeah 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 so with a game that flows so much like hockey i think the 20 minute period is perfect Mm -hmm. um it's enough that like when i'm really into a game i can look at the clock and see 18 minutes left watch the play and look back up and be like oh there's only four minutes left yeah it flies yeah so um i love that yeah um, then after the three periods, if there's a tie, 
three on three overtime. Mm-hmm. Perfection. Yeah. I, they, I mean, we, when we first started watching, it was, was it five on five? Or it was, was four, four on four. four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, at some point, I didn't really recognize that it, it was just three on three. All of a sudden, overtime started becoming way more interesting. Yeah. And I was like, something changed about it. And I couldn't figure it out for like a year and a half. And I was yeah. like, oh, shoot, that's right. There's just only three players now. One less defenseman now. Way better now. Yeah. Because yeah. something's actually going to happen. Most likely going to happen. Yeah. yeah. The ice opens up so much more. You see so many more skill plays. Yes. Like I think of players like Johnny Gaudreau or Trevor Zegras mm-hmm. or um, who was the guy on the Sharks? Like Kevin LeBanc somehow just comes alive when there's more ice. Yeah. Um, like I think that's another thing too. Actually, yeah. there's there's players that aren't the superstar they're not the carlson's or whatever but they're making big plays now all of a sudden because they have a little bit more extra room and all of a sudden they're a different beast you don't see that when it's four on four or five on five necessarily yeah yeah and um it makes the uh the face-off so much more important yeah like it's kind of easy in regulation play to kind of dismiss the face-off because you're like okay they're gonna get one possession eventually if you can't get the puck from them they're gonna take a shot most likely the goalie's gonna get it or they're gonna miss right goals are rare Mm mm-hmm but um, suddenly in overtime, the whole thing is about possession, right? Yeah. And you see coaches have kind of figured this out in recent years where they won't take a shot unless it's a really good one. Yeah. They'll and go back. They'll yeah. go back. Yeah. You know? So then you're kind of watching the cycle game. And I know people get bored. They say, no, you should shoot more. You should hit more. That's what they want from hockey. But the three I, on three I, overtime tension is really like. I love the tension's the right word. Yeah. I love how they build that tension. Yeah. And I don't mind watching. Mm-hmm. them cycle because yeah. i love watching a play develop yeah and i can see it develop and i can see oh no they're not going to do it because oh the defending team's in the right position they're yeah. not going to take that shot yeah so and then eventually you know they'll, they get tired or and they have to change someone makes a mistake and then suddenly it's over yeah right love that tension yeah now speaking of tension the next level which this might be a little controversial i have no problem with a shootout really <laughs> i have no problem with a shootout <laughs> why is that because this is the regular season. I don't want to watch a game fucking forever. That's true. That makes sense. I got two and a half to three hours. Yeah. Do the shootout, right? Yeah. It's like penalty kicks in soccer. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't want to. And I don't want ties for all you fans of ties. Yeah. No. no. Garbage. You yeah. watch two and a half and nobody wins. No. Yeah. This is sports making someone win. Yeah. Right. So um, I love this format. Three periods where it flows. Tension building over time. And if it still isn't resolved, mm-hmm. it's just one on one. Yeah. Every move matters. Every inch matters from both a goalie and a shooter. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think I told the story in the first episode too, but the very first hockey game that I went to went to a shootout. Yeah. And I was instantly like in. Yeah. This is it. Uh, this was the sport for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think part of the reason it's good too is because when you have 82 games a season for all 32 teams, Nobody wants to have, like, what happens if every, like, one team suddenly has, like, five overtimes to play, like, more often than, than 40% more than the rest of the teams? That's going to cause a lot of issues later on. Um, it's like, ca- you're saying if there was, like, unlimited overtime? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if it was in the playoffs. Like, you kind of need a shootout to wrap, wrap it up eventually because, I mean, people got, fans also have, like, work to go to. Like, teams got to go to other cities and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. Most games are on a weekday. Yeah. Right? And I agree. Yeah. Part of that is I agree with the whole, um, you know, like just wrapping it up and being done, no ties or nothing. Because then, like, if you're if you're home fans and you're you watch a shootout or you're you're in overtime and then all of a sudden it goes to shootout, now you know there's going to be a conclusion to this game soon. So either you go home and like whatever your team doesn't win, you go home and it's like ah whatever. And there's always next time, 
or your team wins and you're like, hey, you want to go get a beer at the arena or near the arena right after the game? And then you go home in a good mood, all happy because, you know, it wrapped up in a timely manner. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense, actually. Yeah. It's not like, um, and to be fair, I think having unlimited um, overtime in the playoffs, I don't have a problem with that either mm-hmm. because one, the playoffs are so rare, right? It's yeah. what, a month, a month and a half. Yeah. Right. Um, there's more on the line too. There's more on the line. And yes, I will concede shootout hockey is not real hockey. I get yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> so having the playoffs yeah. settled by real hockey, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I agree. But for the regular season, ending in a shootout, it's perfect. Would you say, so, uh, I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, there's like, like it happened with the Panthers, um, where it went to like triple overtime, quadruple overtime or something like that. Would you say like for every two overtime periods, they should go from, so it, it'll go in f- first overtime and double overtime should be five on five. And then triple overtime and quadruple overtime should it be four on four. And then should it go three on three if it goes to a fifth overtime? Or do you think it should just stay five on five the whole time? Regular season or playoffs? Playoffs. No, just leave it five on five. This is, we are trying to have this whole tournament Mm -hmm. to determine who is the best at hockey. Right. Don't change the rules in the middle of the game. It's hockey all the way through. Got it. I mean, no, like what if this is a new rule implemented like before the season starts? Yeah. it, It still feels like like because you changed the strategy, right? We just talked about it. When you go mm-hmm. to three on three, your entire strategy for hockey changes, right? Right. And I don't think you should be doing that in the playoffs. Mm. So for this two months of playoff hockey, having this continuous game, mm-hmm. I think makes sense. Got it. You know, sudden death, next goal wins is just the most logical way to end the game, right? Right. And if it wasn't for the length of a season and the fact of how games are scheduled on weekdays and all those things. I might even say, okay, bring that to the regular season. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there's 82 games and most of the, them are, you know, you got to make sure they fit on TV slots and make sure they fit um, people's lives. Mm-hmm. Then that's why I think shootout in um, a regular season game is fine. Right. But like mm-hmm. for the playoffs, wouldn't you say like, uh, there was some game this off season that went to like quadruple or the fifth overtime or something like that. And it was getting to the point where like, player exhaustion or it was like a safety factor. You know what I mean? It was like 1 a.m. I think it was a Dallas-Seattle game at some point. It was like 1 a.m. or 1.30 a.m. in Dallas at that point. And the players were ex- clearly exhausted, as anyone should be. But um, like, don't you think like at that point, it's like, all right, <laughs> let's wrap this shit up. Like, you, I don't, would, you don't feel that way? I would rather they pause the game and just resume it like the next night or something. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I'm not. Because, okay, yeah, I'm the same way with like TV series too. I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta watch this, watch this all the way through, and it doesn't matter how long it takes. Like I want it to conclude, but like, please let it conclude, type of deal. But could you imagine the tension against fans that <sighs> whole day? <laughs> no, the whole day. That's no. That's like coaches oh. get an extra what, like twelve hours to come up with a new strategy. <sighs> why? There's got to be a game show like this. It, I don't know why. This reminds me of like The Bachelor or something. <laughs> What? <laughs> we're just like oh what, find what? out next time on the oh, oh, big yeah. brother that's what it was <laughs> oh big yeah, brother yeah. yeah and they're like find out next time on big brother or something like that yeah <laughs> i'm like dude who wants to watch like find out next time on game two of the stanley cup play no <laughs> what imagine you missed it because you had something and then you find out it's not over yeah yeah that'd be cool <laughs> no. that would be so cool <laughs> that would be so exhausted no that would be like a whole nother because the thing is like wh- when you are mentally engaged as a player and as a fan um and as a ref, if you know, if they still do that, um, like, 
Wow. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, if you're still mentally engaged, you could redo that again the next time for yeah. the next second half. Yep. So that makes it like an eight game series, basically. Yeah, but or nine game, depending on how many overtimes there are. Yeah. I think it'd be epic. <laughs> no, I disagree. I'm gonna have to go ahead and yeah. draw the line there. <laughs> this one, no, that this one's got to be done in one night. I'm sorry. All right, um, or one night, one morning, whatever. Speaking of playoffs, I just wanted to add on one thing to my point. Yeah, I have no problem with the current playoff format. Well, yeah, I guess they did change it recently, right? Uh, well, when we first started watching, it was one. It was one, one v eight. Yeah, one v eight, two v seven. It's uh, it's been this division format for a while now. We're old. Yeah, but, uh, but I don't know. I. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, the current format is um, in each division, the second and third place team play each other, Mm -hmm. the first place team from each division, and the next two in in the last two in the conference. Um, So what that means is like Pacific and Central are um, make up the Western Conference. So the top Pacific team and the top Central team Mm -hmm. will match up against the either Pacific or Central team that was in the four or five slot. And it's based off of points in the regular season, right? Yeah. So I get it is a little confusing, but I think the end result is perfect, and I would not change that because I want to play division rivals in round one. And I do mm. not care if the division rivals were the best teams across the NHL. Got it. So I think the common gripe that people have is like, for example, if the two best teams in the NHL are both in the same division, mm-hmm. then the playoff is round matchup is going to be done in like round one or round two, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I will take that loss because I would rather have the tournament set up the way it is where in the later rounds, you're meeting teams you haven't met that often. Yeah. And that's how it should be, right? Every other level of sport is like this, you know? Like, um, you can imagine even when we were in high school, right? Your high school sports, you play your rival teams all through the season. Yeah. And then when you start going like divisional or state, it's some school you've never heard of before. Yeah. Right. That you have to beat in this final tournament to be like champion of the state or whatever. Yeah. I think that's fine. And we should be building it so that division rivals happen first. Mm-hmm. And if they're two, the two best teams in the NHL, too bad. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> watch it. Watch it in the beginning. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like it. it's going to, whether you have to play that team in the first round or you play them in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. I think it, you have to play them either way. Yeah. See, I, so as long as I've been watching hockey, I've seen three different versions of the playoffs. One was adjusted for the COVID season, but so we, there's a one V eight, there's a wild card, and then there's the play in. I see pros in all three. So I have a hard time deciding which one's the best. Honestly, mm-hmm. the reason I like one V eight is the amount of underdog upsets you will see, like this absolutely dominant one seed. I guess we kind of saw it with Tampa and Columbus a couple years ago in the Wild. The Panthers just now. Yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, like the one v eight seed, where like the one is just taken down by an eight seed. I love that because all of a sudden now the rest of the playoff the, or the, the rest of the teams in the playoffs are, you know, put on alert. So they're watching out for like this big bad team that just suddenly took down the the number one seed. Like I I love that. Um, and, you know, it happens every once in a while with the, the wild card. But, like, I don't know. I don't really care too much for the division rivals thing first round. Because for me, it's like, be whoever you get matched up with. So Really? So, for you, let's say we're Sharks fans, right? So, Sharks versus LA in the first round is the same to you as, like, Sharks versus Buffalo. Yeah. Well, why would that happen? Let, let's just say in some scenario, like, some people want 1-16, to 16, right? In that case, it would be, like, across the conference. No, wouldn't even. it be, like, 1-8? 
for both conferences, one to eight for both conferences. Like, how okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's say let's take the one to eight, right? So, Sharks versus Kings is the same to you as like Sharks versus Jets. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's still an opponent. It's that it's still a team that made it into into the you know the playoffs. But that, them. <laughs> but that history, like between the Kings and the, that California rivalry, don't you want that in the first round? If the Kings make it to the second round, sure, we might see that. Oh, you know what I mean. So like, or if the Sharks make it to the second round, sure, we might see that. Mm-hmm. Then it would be, you know what I mean. Like, there, we would see that division. Ri- I don't know. I almost think having the division rival later makes it more anticipating because more people tune in into the playoffs the later it goes on. So I, now you have these these great rivalry matchups. I don't know. I don't know. As someone who watches a lot of hockey, I think my interest is peaked in the first round and the final. I think rounds two and three, it, it lulls a little. Really? Okay. Yeah, because you get saturated with so many games, right? Got it. Especially when like your team is not in it. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, I'm just watching for hockey, but I'm kind of getting saturated with all these finals. And there's a little bit of exhaustion that sets in, right? Mm-hmm. So I think having the division matchup be um, in the first round mm-hmm. and then having the Stanley Cup matchup be something rare because it's a cross-conference, I think is great. Yeah, I I agree with you on that point, but I think for me personally, I tune in more to rounds three and four, Um, especially if it's teams that I haven't seen, you know, win before. And when it's, you know, the same dynasty teams over and over, then it's like, okay, (laughs) sure. But like, when when it's like brand new teams, then it's all of a sudden a lot more interesting. And I find myself tuning into rounds three and four. Um, Okay. I did want to talk about the play in. What, what was your thoughts about that? Do you think that only worked because it was COVID season or because the NBA recently implemented that as a full time thing after the COVID season? Yeah. Um, I think it's cool, is like a gimmick. It kind of worked for that one time. I would be more, in, rather than like a play in, I'd rather be more interested in a, like a pick your opponent type where you if you're the first seed in a division, you can pick who to play out of the wild cards. It's not just based off points. Wouldn't that be like extremely biased though? Like you would just pick the team that's not well, as good, right? But this is hockey, right? Any team can beat anyone that's on true. any night. You have to think about the matchup. That's true. And then imagine you're the wild card team that got picked. You're uh-huh. like, oh, you think you can beat us? Yeah. Oh. I would love pick your opponent more than a play in. Oh. oh, that's an idea right there. Damn, Gary Bettman, so, take some notes. So you still have to qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. But you're if you are not in a division spot, you're in a wild card spot, you don't know who your opponent is until your opponent picks. Yeah. Damn. Actually, yeah, that's a good idea. Because if you're the wild card team too, you're like, now you have something to fight for because they just basically the the number one team basically told you you were shit. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I want to play you. Yeah. Damn. It yeah. gives them something to fight for. Yeah. And if you're the number one team, you better freaking win. Yeah. Because you're gonna look real dumb yeah. if you lose, right? That would make for so much like Twitter beef if Twitter's still a thing next year. Yeah, threads beef. Yeah, yeah threads beef. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great idea actually. All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with that one. To wrap up my point, I think the NHL has nailed the best way to watch and enjoy a hockey season, mm-hmm. and that is why I keep watching the NHL. Gotcha. How about you? What is your favorite thing about the NHL? I got I got two, but the first one perfectly segues into. Uh, what we were talking about and it's that winning the stanley cup is really fucking hard <laughs> like it's definitely the a lot of people refer to it as the hardest trophy to win in sports um and it is i think i really think it is like i it I, it's very easy for remember when it was like what golden state cleveland for like four years in a row or something like that and everyone predicted that 
Yeah, but uh, I don't think you can uh, discount the achievements of those athletes. I, I'm not. Yeah. But it, as a fan, I, it, for me personally, it got really boring to watch. Because, like, sure, you would watch the first, you would watch the 82 games of the season. You would watch the pre- playoffs pretending like you didn't know what the finals matchup was going to be. And you knew what was going to happen in the finals minus the 2016 season. And it's just like, dude, but like, who cares at, at that point? To play devil's advocate, isn't that just the nature of basketball? Because hockey has a little bit more randomness to it, right? Right. And that's part of the reason winning the Stanley Cup is so hard. And that's, I mean, I guess you could argue that's part of hockey and not just the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, it doesn't change the fact that the Cup is really hard to win compared to, like, the Vince Lombardi yeah. or, or whatever other trophy. Like, you could have everything you need on paper and you could still lose. Yeah. Yeah, it takes, it's not just a lot of effort and heart. It really does take luck. And yeah. if you don't have that luck, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. But see Boston Bruins 2023 <laughs> and 20. Uh, what was the 17 seconds Two two goals? That, what was that? 2015 that happened? No, 2013, 2013 yeah. against Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sorry, man. Yeah, man. Boston's not had it good except for 2011. <laughs> they realizing. got one. All right. They got one, I guess. Yeah. With Zidino Char. Yeah. And 2019 where Brad Marshall made the worst line change of yeah. all time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn. All right. Sorry, Boston, Bruins fans. <laughs> if Boston had lost in 2011, they'd be right with the Sharks and Leafs and all these You're jokes. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That one cup saved them. I had no idea there's so much Boston content. Mm-hmm. Either way, winning the Stanley Cup is really hard. And there's a lot of factors that have to perfectly play in. And I think that's why it's so entertaining because it sucks. It really does suck when, it, when, you're, when your team loses and you're heartbroken unless it's like a team that just barely made it in on the skin of their teeth and then kind of like saw it coming you saw elimination basically coming i mean but that's not always the case columbus it's not always the case florida right Right. and that's exactly why when the trophy is so hard to win it's so much more entertaining i don't know about you personally i i was rooting for uh tampa in 2019 and to watch them get eliminated, all of a sudden, I was more invested in the playoffs. Yeah. I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, that's probably the greatest choke in North American. If it wasn't for the two cups after, or the three finals appearances after. <clears throat> yeah, they, they really like, made up for it. Yeah, they made up for it, right? But, like, that would be the biggest choke in North American sports history that I can think of, at least. Um, or biggest upset, collapse, whatever you want to call it. So, the point is... Having, having a trophy that's so difficult to, to win and needs all these extra factors to get, get to that victory makes it so much more entertaining to watch. And sure, it might be the nature of hockey, it might be whatever it may be. Um, it doesn't change the fact that it's really entertaining. Um, and because of that, too, we've seen, we've seen first-class, first-ballot Hall of Famers um, never win a ring. We've also seen Patrick Maroon win three rings in a row. <laughs> <laughs> just somehow yeah. you know Phil Kessel I mean? yeah Phil Kessel yeah he's got what yeah he's got three now too right yeah Chris Kunitz has what five yeah something like that but you're gonna remember Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin for, first and they have th- three three I think yeah. yes so point still stands there's there's players that have like anywhere from you know two to five but you will never remember their name post-retirement there's some that have zero and are for sure going in the Hall of Fame and you'll remember them forever like, for example, Hank or Joe Thornton, or I mean, you, you can go off listing off a bunch of them, but there's so many players that have a ring and it's not about whether they deserve it or not. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so then let me ask you this. Do we overvalue a Stanley Cup when evaluating a player's career? In the NHL, uh, some, some fans are definitely dicks about it. 
not gonna mm-hmm. lie. And it's usually the teams like fans that are like have dynasties, so they have like something to you know pound their chest about. But I don't think so. In hockey, I don't think so. In basketball, I think it might a little bit. We so you're saying in basketball they overvalue a championship? No, they the you need that championship to be like like truly validated. Like if okay. you if you're like one of those all time players, but you don't have a ring, are you really an all time player? I mean, is Charles Barkley an all time player? That's a rare exception. I feel like that. I feel like that's so much more rare in the NBA than it is in like than it is in the NHL. Because there's, I, I mean, there's probably so many Hall of Famers that have never won a ring, and there's some that got really close and then retired. You know what I mean? And like, for example, um, what was it? Day? No, uh, Raymond Bork, the, the the iconic call when when they, he, I think it was Colorado's first cup. Yeah. Um, and like you know, Raymond Bork is a Stanley Cup champion. He he struggled so much, and he finally got to that point um, from a trade deadline uh, acquisition. Yeah. But you even know. in the 15 years we've watched hockey, I can name players off the top of my head. Right, like you said, Joe Thornton, Henrik Lundqvist, um, to Sedin brothers. Yeah, imagine uh, how legendary. I'm not saying Patrick Marlowe's career wasn't legendary, but imagine if he won a ring in 2016. Yeah, it would be like he would be considered one of like I don't know. He'd be up there with Gordy Howe yeah. and stuff, right? So, so then, are you saying? That we do overvalue a championship in hockey, yes, yes. Yeah. in hockey for sure, yeah. I because again, it, when when there's so many factors that are required to win a cup, luck, effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like if the team is lights out but the goalie shits the bed, <laughs> what are you supposed to do about that? Yeah. Or if the puck like bounces off the camera hole glass and suddenly ends up in your net in like a game seven overtime that you were absolutely dominating, what are you supposed to do about that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think people understand that. And there's, there's still so much respect amongst those Hall of Famers, even if they have zero rings. And that's kind of what I love about the NHL, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other one is not related to, to, you know, playoffs or winning at all. But it's more so like the actual, the actual culture around the art of the NHL. And when I say the art, I literally mean like the art, like the jerseys, the logo, like, and the actual team. and. I, I don't know if you know of any other sport or any other league, but I've never seen players not step on the locker room logo until I started watching like NHL hockey. You know, the funny thing about that is I haven't seen other sports put the logo in the middle of the floor. I have. Really? Yeah, or it's like embedded in, like if it's a home arena thing. I guess they travel with it too, right? Mm-hmm. The, the away teams. But like, it's, it's, even then, they make sure the logo's front and center for everyone to see in a away locker room too, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's pretty cool, just in of itself. Yeah, the respect for the logo. Yeah, and I think um, you know jerseys aren't supposed to go on the floor, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, when when a fan throws a jersey on the ice, that's like all time disrespect, right? Like yeah. you've seen that in. There's been like dark days in Edmonton. Maybe it happened in Vancouver too. Toronto, Toronto, and it's just like that is the ultimate sign of disrespect. That's like, that's like not even. A, I'm not mad at you. I'm just straight up disappointed at this point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's. That hurts, but there is like significance behind it, whether whether it's considered you know classless or not. That's that's a whole separate conversation. You can go on for hours about that. Or if each of these incidents we mentioned were warranted, that's yeah, a whole other discussion. Yeah, right? that too. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole separate discussion. But the point is, there's clear significance and understanding. There's an understanding that that jersey, that crest, uh, that means something between the players and the fans and the whole entire organization. Um, and kind of along the same lines, I hockey jerseys are like 
yourself, you collect hockey jerseys. They're considered art pieces at this point. They're not just clothing, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a big culture around, you know, collecting and signing and des- designing logos and stuff, especially on Reddit and Instagram nowadays. Like everyone's got access to the software and they make, you know, their mock-up jerseys and stuff. There's before Seattle's jersey was launched, there was yeah. some guy who like blew up on Reddit because he like recreated some Seattle logo or something like that. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of fan concepts, even for Vegas before yeah. they announced like the name or the team name, even yeah. people were coming up with concepts. Yeah. And um yeah, I think because one, the jersey itself is so big, like yeah. in other sports like soccer and basketball, there's just less room to work with, right? Yeah. And then two, I think um yeah, what you're saying is the the tradition. Mm-hmm. Like the other place I've seen this is baseball. Where yeah. they really value what the jersey design is yeah. like. And jerseys are collectibles and things like that. You yeah. Know? I've I've actually never asked that. Like why why did you choose specifically like hockey jerseys? You can collect any jersey. Like you can collect basketball jerseys, baseball jerseys even, mm-hmm. cricket jerseys. I, I mean Formula One. Like you can connect collect anything, but you specifically chose hockey. Why is that? Well, my love of hockey started before my love of jersey collecting. Got so it. there that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But also I just what I love about jerseys, like that one, the reverse retro from the Colorado is one of my favorites, is just what you can do with the hockey jersey in terms of how the numbers are placed, how the logos are designed. And hockey jersey designers usually take history into account, right? Yeah. This is reverse retro, that's the Nordiques logo mm-hmm. where Colorado relocated from, right? Um and there's always usual meaning to all of these elements in a jersey. Yeah. So I, that's what I really love is the lore, I mm-hmm. should say, behind a jersey. Yeah. And I love how they, like, I think you're saying the crest is front and center, prominently yeah. displayed. Yeah. You know, um, football. Mm-hmm. The crest is barely on the jersey, right? The, I, the number's on both sides. Yeah, I don't think they put the crest on the jersey. Yeah. I think they just write the team name, right? Yeah, and like it's that. on the helmet, maybe. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's just aesthetically pleasing yeah i i I never thought about it that the jerseys are not just it's not just like a a piece of art but there's like a story behind it too like i mean there's so many like jerseys that have i think i I can't remember i think it might be the devils where they put like the years they won the stanley cup inside the collar or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and and uh the king's at some point, they put two crowns for the yeah, two. Yeah, I have that one. jersey, the King Stadium series. Yeah, jersey. yeah, yeah. Has that the two one. crowns on the collar. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's awesome. That's so sick. There's a little subtle meanings. There's like details within all of them. Um, yeah. that like really means something. So I kind of understand a little bit why the fans are get suddenly getting so pissed about you know ads on the jerseys because it yeah. is kind of like it's awesome. almost like a sponsored YouTube video. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you're watching something really sick, and then all of a sudden, Raid Shadow Legends shows up. Which, if you want to sponsor us, we'll take it. But you know, like, Nord VPN. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, we we had something nice here. Yeah. Uh, like, I get it. Get your bag or whatever. But yeah, it, hockey jerseys itself are the art around it and the culture that was built around it is is pretty incredible. I haven't seen it in other sports. I've seen people in the in the streetwear fashion industry. I saw one today. I followed a guy from Atlanta. He was he was like rocking a Sharks jersey as part of his outfit. Yeah, he does. He probably doesn't watch hockey, but he's got a Sharks jersey. He has a Blackhawks jersey in one of his other pictures. I'm like, dude, that's sick. The, a few years ago, the Backstreet Boys just wore jerseys on stage for their whole tour. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like One Direction did it for every arena they went to. Yeah, I think Post yeah, yeah, did yeah. it recently, actually in mm-hmm. St. Louis or wherever else. But Snoop Dogg. Yeah, them? yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg too. I mean, yeah. he's very much into like he's he's a proper hockey fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> but he like takes whatever too. Like he he just be doing side quests at this point. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's like yeah, I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, like it, there's a lot of like respect around the, the, the crest and, and speaking of respect around the crest, I have never seen any other, any other like league have players that so much respect the name on the front of the Jersey more than the one on the back. It doesn't I'd, matter what team it is. I'd say the NHL even goes a little too far in doing that. The NHL so? players, you know, like where they don't show their personality, right? They give team friendly answers in interviews all the time. I could use a little more drama. You think? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, okay. So I, what's, what's overstepping then? Like, um, I understand like they'll never badmouth the team or they, you know, they'll say, yeah, we have to respect our teammates and things like that. But they also kind of take it too far into the, every answer is just pucks in deep, you right. know? Okay. Like I get that. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of a balance between, you know, railing against your team mm-hmm. and, you know, just giving some personality in your answer. Yeah. You know? Okay. I mean, wasn't Phil Kessel pretty much like screw Toronto once he was like traded out? Yeah, maybe, but he's not on that team anymore, right? Right. I, fair enough. Yeah. I guess that's true. There's a lot of players that have been, um, less than happy about teams that they've left. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I guess that's true. I, I think, um, what was it? There, there's Jeff Carter, I believe it was when he was on Columbus, he refused to play for that team. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty rare. You don't hear of situations yeah. like that. So that would get into like kind of disrespect, right? Or like what Pierre-Luc Dubois did to get out of Columbus. Yeah. You know, that, that's very, very like, that doesn't happen very often. Sorry, Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's Columbus all the time. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't happen very often. And if it does happen, like for example, the, the uh, Jonathan Drouin situation in Tampa or Shane Wright in, in Seattle, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they get benched or they get sent to the minors or something. Yeah. Like, there's, there's repercussions for, for um, not putting the team before your last name, essentially. Yeah. And like you said, in a sport such as hockey, where everything has to line up for you to win. Yeah. I think that kind of matters a little more. more yeah. Right. right. Like if you take the NBA, like we can, we can all sit here and pretend that when LeBron goes to a team that he's just a player on the team. No, he's the coach. He's the GM. He's the PR team. He's everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean, stars in the NBA are like that. Yes. They have like they LeBron. Have two- LeBron's the most famous. Yes. But every major star in the NBA does that for their team. Right. Yes. But they have too much power in my opinion. I, I love the fact that they have like, they can market themselves. Yes. There's no puck or balls in deep. I don't know what the answer would be. Um, <laughs> balls in <laughs> balls deep. deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's probably not the right one (laughs) but uh, i love that they can market themselves as individuals but like it's they have too much power you know what i mean and just it it ruins the team chemistry in my opinion whereas in hockey it's it's more like if you want to be like that get the hell out of here basically so yeah yeah um i think it's also the fact that in hockey an individual player cannot have the same amount of effect that an individual player can in a game of like basketball. Yeah. Right. Just because like Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL. He yeah. plays how many minutes a night? 18? 19? Yeah. Something like that. Max what, one third of a game if you round up? Yeah. LeBron plays what, sixty percent of a game? <laughs> yeah. Seventy percent of a game? Yeah. I mean it's also hockey's a much more physically demanding. Yeah, sport. Not saying Connor McDavid should play more minutes. Yeah. But the impact that one player can have is much less unless you're a goalie. Yeah. The whole super team strategy never works in hockey. I think for a minute, maybe Toronto tried to do that, at least with their offense, where they, you know, build this uh, offensive score that was so strong that it was like score nine goals a game kind of yeah. thing. It still didn't work. Clearly, it hasn't worked in the past couple of years. Yeah, you need balance. Yeah, you need that balance. It's just not... You can't load up on one and just expect it to work out unless you have 
just a god tier goalie that just comes out big in the playoffs. Yeah, the modern blueprint is Tampa, right? Elite center, elite wing winger, elite D, elite goalie. Yeah, okay. that is true. Elite general manager too. Elite elite coach. I mean, yeah, yeah. But general manager and coach come after because they built a team that's this elite. That's right? true. That is true. Yeah, you need every position needs to be strong. Yeah, and and the thing is, Tampa in a way reminded me of Golden State for a while, and yeah. in the sense that they were they were predominantly built and not bought. I think they weren't like it wasn't a whole bunch of trade acquisitions obviously there were trades but a lot of it was homegrown talent or drafted talent you know what yeah, i mean i mean stamko skucherov hedman vasilevsky all draft mm-hmm. picks right yeah and those are like the big the big guys basically yeah so i mean point I, included i should say yeah so. point included yeah and so when, when you have a team that's built like that that is the closest you'll get to a super team in the nhl but Nobody's wearing like all Stamkos jerseys. They're wearing Hedman jerseys. They're wearing Kucherov jerseys, Point jerseys, Vasilevsky jerseys. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's no player in the NHL who is more important than the logo on the front. Yeah. Ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And I love that about hockey. So, yeah. Yeah. The tradition is very strong. Yeah. And I kind of wish um, they would market it a little bit more. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> that good. might be a great segue to next week, actually. Yes. Little preview for oh, next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about how much you love? No, no, I think I talked a lot this episode, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited about this series. We'll definitely get a little bit more, uh, personal anecdotes in as well. Yeah. And we'll be doing more episodes like these, um, throughout the summer. So you can get to know us a little bit more. Yeah. Discuss about hockey when there's no hockey games going on. Mm-hmm. And we'll bring you right up into training camp in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So keep it tuned here. This has been glass seats. We are available on Spotify, Apple, and Google. We are now also on YouTube at Spud Network Podcast is the handle. Uh, if you could leave us a rating, review, comment, whatever it is, it really helps us out and helps us grow the show. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace.